Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant. NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include The Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Although we released a podcast yesterday, today is the Yes, I said it all right. I just completely phased out of what I was saying. Do you ever do that when you're talking and you're talking, but you're somewhere else and somehow you're doing both things? No, I do it all the time <laughs> when I'm talking to you. Yeah, no, you're somewhere else. It's always just phasing out to be mm. like, God, this lad is just babbling on and on and on. It's like I go outside myself and I'm like, what is this idiot talking about? You basically become uh, a YouTube commenter named Man123 who mm. just does not like me. That, yeah. That's all his comments are. I just like, why don't you punch him in the face? Oh, this is an actual person. Yeah, he's in a genuine. It's, Always notice him. He just does not like me whatsoever. He's the one that gets you. I because when you said man one two three, yeah, I thought you were just coming up with a oh the, fake the, generic name like one two three fake street. The most um, generic YouTube name you could probably think of. Yeah, because he has that, and he also doesn't have a profile picture because he's that kind of generic. Well, anyway, I'm Ollie Davis. This is the first podcast I've done since I turned thirty, so the brain's a little bit slower. <laughs> the joints are a little bit creakier. But I'm all full of fun and Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Everyone, every podcast is someone's first podcast. And if this is your first podcast, man, you've picked a doozy to start with. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, maybe my 30s are just going to be 
just don't care anymore. Yeah, that's and it. It's going to be even more rambly because I would say the start to now of 2018, we've been on an efficiency drive. <laughs> we have. Where YouTube, if segments don't rate, or oh, they get cut. If the retention rate isn't as good as something else, we restructure that show. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I'm just going to start with bits of me talking about my Nintendo Switch. Because <laughs> you did get I one. I got one. But before we do that, let's get some housekeeping out of the way Hell because yeah. you have got, not only have you got a podcast today, a bonus podcast today reviewing the yes. Go Home Show of Raw. You're getting one tomorrow, the Go Home Show of SmackDown. You're getting one the following day, which is NXT oh. predictions. And you're getting one the following day after that, which is WrestleMania 34 predictions. And then you will have the WrestleMania 34. Oh, no, you then have the NXT TakeOver review, a WrestleMania 34 review, the Raw After Mania review, and the SmackDown After Mania review as well. You are getting Wrestle Rambles out the wazoo over the next seven to eight days. It's more ramble than ever. It really is more ramble than ever. We are giving you so much content. So much content. The least you could do is go over to patreon.com and forward slash WrestleTalk and give us a little bit of money. It's the least. <laughs> it's literally the least you could do. Because I think that's probably easier than writing an iTunes review. Yeah, it probably not, is. Not to crap on the people who have written those, no. which we'll come to shortly. Uh, but yeah, that's five consecutive days of Wrestle Ramble podcast, followed by a day off, followed by four consecutive <laughs> days. That, my friends, that SWAF Nation is consistency. Oh, isn't it just? And that's what we bring to this audio table. My wife said to me this morning, I can't wait till WrestleMania is done. Because although we ha- we hang out all the time and we spend so much time together, I always feel like you're just a little bit far away. Because your mind is on WrestleMania, your mind is on all of the content that you guys have got to make over the next eight days. That WrestleMania is the other woman. Yeah, the WrestleMania is currently the other woman in my life that's not my mother. Uh, Um, So anyway, let's talk about your Nintendo Switch and actually the rest of your birthday celebrations. mm. So I was surprised on Thursday with Inamo, which is a Japanese restaurant where you have uh, sort of games on the projected on the table Hmm. so you can order you can watch like you can get a a projected video feed of the kitchen on the table oh that's cool yes that was cool i mean it was a bit of a ropey gimmick it it looked it would have been cutting edge about five years ago when it Mm. opened it looked a bit windows xp (sighs) if you know what i mean yeah yeah but the food was incredible i had a whole glass well no a whole bottle of sake to myself oh hello so i was a happy cultural appropriator <laughs> right there uh then on friday i was surprised with a few chums and a board game cafe of course you what you know you you love board games i do but you had to come into the studio that day i was working friday so mm. unfortunately i could not join you did you have fun what games did you play we played the sushi go party oh which great you'd introduced me I, to. yes we played that last time we were there uh, then we played something else that I can't remember. And then we played the logo game because mm-hmm. I just wanted to learn some facts. Yeah, good party and, game, the logo game. But uh, we had a Colombian-born person who currently resides in Belgium with us and she had no idea what was going on. Oh, bless. No, because they're all sort of British brands and logos. But yeah, but, but then I went out with my family. We played, we went to Crazy Golf. Nice. Uh, and then we went to one of my favourite Indian restaurants, Dishoom. And then on, then the real fun got going. Saturday morning, I hadn't got the switch from my parents. Because apparently I asked for it 
past the cutoff point. Of what? Of of when it's appropriate to get someone a big present like that. I see. So we we actually got a very nice like getaway experience to a vineyard because we're fancy wine people. <laughs> but I didn't get the switch, so I thought, I'm an adult. I'm gonna drive to the to town centre now, and I'm gonna buy it. Wow! And, so you uh, actually just went out and bought yourself. Just went out and bought one as a little present to myself. I get there, I get up to to game where I get it, got it from. I go up to the counter. The the guys are like, "Oh, any?" Re-? I just said, "I want to buy a switch, please. <laughs> one switch, because I don't know how these work now. I used to go and game all the time, but they don't just have the consoles on the sides where you can take a box up. So I just went up to the counter and said, "A switch, thank you." And the guy was like, oh, any reason you're getting a Switch? And I said, it was my 30th birthday <laughs> this week, and I'm treating myself. I treat yourself. And he said, would you like any games with that? There's this offer on. And I, you know, attached Zelda to that for like half the price, although it was all really expensive. So a drop in the ocean. And then I thought, oh, I mean, my lady partner would probably want to play something as well. This is only a single player. Mm. She didn't. But I bought Mario Kart anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my two games, which I'm very happy with. But the guy is, you know, he's just... But It takes a while to, to do this sort of transaction, it seems. And we're talking back and forth. And he mentions, just completely organically in conversation, something about 2K and WWE. And hey, a wrestling fan. So I, I've got my chit-chat sorted mm-hmm. while the various systems go through. And... The money is counted. And he was like, yeah, I actually went to WrestleMania last year. I was like, oh, wow, cool. So I bet you're glad The Undertaker's coming back for, for you know, that means nothing now. That, that whole momentous yeah. retirement <laughs> thing you enjoyed yeah. means nothing. And he laughed and he said, yeah, yeah, oh, well. And then he, you know, walked away and he got the games and he came back. This were about five minutes into our chit chat now. And he goes, so you don't wear the jacket outside the channel? <laughs> I was like, oh, he's a viewer. <laughs> so at least he got, he ke- yeah. got, but he, ha- he, yeah, he kept it going for a while. Yeah. Probably waiting for you to be like, the, oh, it's funny you should say that. Yes. because Yeah, but I would never do that no. in a million years. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you like wrestling, do you? Maybe you should subscribe to WrestleTalk, support them. Uh, no, I didn't do that. No, you didn't do that. So, but you've enjoyed the Switch so far, then? I have. I've really got... Well, I was very much into Zelda, but it was... I mean, for, for I've never been good at video games, and I felt it was quite trying at the start. Like, I just didn't know what was going on. There's no clear, linear bit. Apparently, I've read up on it, it doesn't have a well-developed tutorial stage. It just chucks you in at the deep end. A lot of people think that's a huge plus. That confuses and frightens me. So I, you know, played a, a good five or six hours over Saturday and Sunday. And then yesterday I thought, this is just making me too stressed. I'm going to read up. <laughs> I honestly spent about an hour reading all the things you got to do first to make everything else easier. What certain things that will confuse it. Like, there's just numbers. <laughs> there's just numbers next to bits of my equipment. I don't know what those numbers do, but they seem important. That's good. My uh, friend of mine, Adam Mason, works for a uh, gaming YouTube channel. A very popular, they're more popular than us. But wow. uh, yeah, um, but uh, they. Uh, when I was coming back from the Stag Do quite recently, he had a very long diatribe. He's currently working on like a big video essay about why Breath of the Wild is 
the best game ever made. Wow. Because it is literally that you just get dropped into this world and you're just told, just go for it. You just mm. learn everything organically through playing the game. And you can, like, the way the game is set up is you could just go straight to Ganon and finish the game but you're likely going to get beat. The game teaches you and rewards you for exploring. And, sure. and he, he has this very, he's a very passionate man. And then that led into us um, having a very passionate conversation about why The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film ever made. So would you look at that? So that really devalues <laughs> him in my eyes now. Yeah, because so I'm just going to hate on Zelda. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, I'm not, I just wanted to ruin the switch for you. Mm. I know you just spent a lot of money on this thing. It's OK. You got Mario Kart, I suppose. I nearly brought it in today. What? Why didn't yeah. you? Because because I thought, you know, in my head, when I look at all the stuff we've got to do in a day, I'm like, huh, we'll have an hour free, easy. But then I thought, what are you talking about, Ollie? We never have an hour free. Do you remember when I used to bring my uh, SNES Classic yeah. into the studio with the idea of just like, oh, hey, like we can just play some games together. Mm. And that was when I was editing. I was yeah. used to edit my videos then. I was like, we'll, just, we'll have an hour spare. We could just play some Mario Kart, we'll play some Donkey Kong Country. We never did. It's relentless. It's, I just I just took it home in the end. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't we didn't get any work done. Got there. an N sixty four down the back. Maybe but we, 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 we never off. never played that either. No. And we got Mario Kart for that as well. well we, we could we just go home if we finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've gone quite long, so we'll get to your lovely weekend in the outro. But for now, let's get on with the show. But our most our biggest talking point, the main event of this show. So to speak. Is Undertaker versus John Cena happening? Because I'm pretty sure it is, is the short answer. You can click off and go and watch another video now. But I was convinced it would happen last night. As a lot of people were, myself included. Yeah. I, I just kept waiting for that gong to hit, for, for him to do something, as John Cena would say. But Cena came out, he cut a promo, and you, you just spent the entire time waiting for something mm. to happen. And it didn't. John Cena just walked away. He literally ended his promo saying, I'm going to WrestleMania as a fan. And I love this. Not even a, not even a, a, a light. Dip. No, I love this. I think this is really, really yeah. great because we, I think we'd even sort of like pseudo fantasy booked. Oh, like, wouldn't it be cool if John Cena literally was at WrestleMania as a mm. fan and he was just sat in the crowd and then you do the Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Undertaker comes out and challenges Cena to come out and face him. Like that, that's a really different way of doing an Undertaker match at WrestleMania. And, and I think that that's quite cool. And, the, you know, some have even said that Kid Rock is there. Kid Rock's likely going to do a concert. Is it just a coincidence that Kid Rock's is going he? to the Hall of Fame? Well, is it likely? I think it's likely that he's going no. to the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, it's a 14-match card. He's, well, well, yeah, but you've also got to make time there for your performance. He's doing the theme song. Christ. So he's bound to do a performance there. So Kid Rock will do a performance. I love Kid Rocky Rock. More than the next, as much as the next guy, but I don't want I don't want to see him before. Well, I'm again. afraid this is <laughs> after watching him at WrestleMania 25 yeah, for the yeah. Patreon podcast. Nice little plug there. Um, I think I wonder if we're going to get Kid Rock doing a concert where he's going to play the WrestleMania theme song. He's going to play the classics that people want to hear, and then we'll play American Badass, and that's when the Undertaker comes out. So you want the Undertaker's big return from ret retirement? To essentially be how the women's division entered at WrestleMania 25 for the Women's Battle Royal, which was when Kid Rock did a medley, and then at the end they just walked through like strippers. Well, if the other thing, the ring. if the other thing comes out like a stripper, then all is worthwhile, I suppose. And it's kind of like it follows on from how he left. 
stripping in the middle of the ring exactly. at the end of WrestleMania so, 33. It's certainly a way to do it. I'm I'm thoroughly intrigued by this. Although, as you said at the start, I'm 100% certain this match is going to happen mm. at WrestleMania. If if they if they did all <laughs> of this build and then that match doesn't happen at WrestleMania, I will be I'll be literally dumbfounded. Well, it's I'm in the nice sweet spot of fandom right now where I always know well maybe not these days but in the earlier marvel movies i know they're not going to kill captain america and iron man but i was invested in their characters enough and the storyline to worry for their fate yes and that's where i'm at in the john cena undertaker story right now i know in my head that it's definitely going to happen at wrestlemania but my i'm a little bit like my gut's a little bit like uh, but why hasn't it been announced yet? <laughs> well, I don't like it. Yeah, uh. and it's, it's. I just think that's really cool. Yes, I, I think I think it's a really awesome way of doing this. And like, I, th- I thought Cena's promo here was absolutely awesome. It's a bit pandering at times, but I really, really liked it. I liked the pandering. I, well, I, so what I really liked about the pandering was just like he. Um, it was when he said the line, "Hey, Michael Cole said to me." Like, why don't I just enter myself into the Battle Royal? Why don't I be Braun Strowman's partner? Addressing those slight plot holes. And said, but that's a stupid thing to say, because Michael Cole's an idiot. And he said that, like, I lost to Roman Reigns. I lost at Survivor Series. I lost at the Royal Rumble. I lost at Elimination Chamber. I lost at Fastlane. I don't belong. I can't just take the spot of someone who busts their ass year, mm. like, all year long. But instead, like me and The Undertaker, we're two part-timers. We can have a match instead. And my first thought was like, well, you are taking match space away from other full-timers there, John. Like, you have taken a match on the card away from someone. But he delivers it so well well, um... that when when he said it, I was like, oh, John, right on, man. And then it was like (laughs) a few segments later, wait a second. The mid-carders are going to be in the Battle Royal no matter what. Dolph Ziggler could have had his first singles match at Mania. Exactly. It wasn't for that, John. That's the one thing standing in the way there. It's John's- John Cena versus The Undertaker. So, yeah. So, but I, I thought this was a really, really good segment. Um, and, you know, I actually really like John Cena. It, it was a promo that not only hyped up this Undertaker match that I'm, almost, I'm 99% sure will happen. Yeah. Like you, there's that sort of one little niggling down my mm. mind. Yeah, that little pit in your stomach. 99% sure was happening. I had to say 100 early. I'm now gone to 99. Um, it wasn't just a promo to hype up that. It was a promo to hype up WrestleMania. He just went through the whole match card. It was like, Daniel Bryan's going to return to the ring. Hooray! AJ Styles is going to get that WWE Championship WrestleMania moment that he deserves. Hooray! It's Rusev Day. Hooray! It's just, I got really excited for WrestleMania just off John Cena telling me to be excited. And SmackDown. It felt like it was a very... I forgot. Ah, you're a free agent. You, mm. you Playing the other side for those those negotiations in the draft, exactly. sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it was a really nice soft sell of WrestleMania, as opposed to the hard selling <clears throat> that was in the rest of the show. Every other video package, graphics along the screen, Michael Cole WrestleMania. It's free. Did you know, Luke? I, if you yeah. weren't a, a, a chump and subscribed to the network when it first came out, and have been subscribed. For all the years since. Lol, you idiots. Yeah. Paying us $9.99 for four years. <laughs> WrestleMania's free for everyone else. I get why they do it, but I mean, $10, $10 or £10 is still pretty cheap. Yeah. Why not just do... Why not do it for that? I know. Well, rather I'd, than I'm free. It suddenly just dawned on me then that I have given WWE nearly $500 worth wow. of uh, of money. Because you don't use the UK currency no. because you signed on before, oh, before it was available before it was yeah. available in the UK so, things. so this 
this is really exciting. I mean, this is quite unprecedented because usually in the pay-per-view era, when you really want people to fork over a lot of money to buy that pay-per-view, uh, and I guess like replays are limited, and it's just that show rather than the whole network as a package, you need to announce your big matches by the go-home show. Uh, ideally, ahead of time. TNA <laughs> had uh, some times when they would announce their, their main event on the go-home show, and those would usually do really bad buy rates. Mm. So it is, like, preferably, you'd have announced this four weeks ago in the old pay-per-view era. So, and, and the traditionalist in me prefers that way. However, every now and again, and the WWE Network business model allows for this, you can hold off on this enormous match... And create this intrigue. It's a really nice and, and, and bold and brave mood move by WWE. And I've got to compliment them for that. And, uh, to, yeah. to hold off mm -hmm. on The Undertaker's return. And this match even being confirmed as a thing until the actual show itself. Probably midway to two-thirds of the way through the show itself. And that's where the sort of... if And I doubt they will run with it. But like you mentioned earlier, the idea of Cena just going as a fan. The potential is almost limitless. Keith Lee levels of limitless for them to have fun here. John Cena at NXT in the crowd shot. John Cena video package at Access just hanging out. He's there as a fan. He gets this year off. He gets to like go to like the, the Access tournament matches. Go to a few indie shows. Get a supercard of honour. Maybe not that one. They haven't got a tight working relationship. Mm -hmm. But why Why can't John Cena show up at a progress show? Mm -hmm. at a, and an Evolve show, at Evolve 103. Just in the crowd, just for a few minutes to get that shot. And then you, you have a really nice, most of the show running storyline of John Cena sitting ringside, just like having fun, but also being like, Undertaker, this is your last chance. I d they could they could do something really cool on top of the coolness they've already done. And you've got to imagine as well, like you and I are not going to WrestleMania mm. this year, but if you are going to Mania this year, you, there's got to be like those discussions happening around. Like so I imagine there's like tailgate parties outside the arena and stuff. As a WWE fan going to this event, there's got to that would be like the number one topic mm. of conversation. Right, so the we think The Undertaker's showing up, right? And then that conversation just spreads around throughout the entire arena. Then that becomes a real buzzing talking point for those fans to build up the excitement of when that gong finally, or if that gong finally hits. I think it's a really cool way of, of, of hyping this match. If. If. He hasn't returned on SmackDown tonight. There is that caveat. This could date, I mean, the video will be up before then, but a lot of you watch it the, the day after, so... Uh, mm. We could look stupid. Very sad. Or, or, like, the worst thing, which I, you're, you're a fan of. You don't mind this at all. Just announce it on WWE.com. Oh, love it when you just announce things on social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. just do it that way. Because Daniel Bryan's return wasn't made any less momentous by that. <laughs> Still hanging on to it. Also, I read on Reddit, can't remember who said it. Get that on a t-shirt. But they, they took umbrage with everyone calling the noise... Undertaker's gong or Undertaker's dong. Apparently, it's a bell toll. Okay. That that noise is is a bell toll. Right. My argument against that is we are not saying dong is like an actual thing. We're saying it's an onomatopoeia, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the onomatopoeic word of saying. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I think we're justified in that. But to answer... I love the fact you just took a little sidebar there 
to have a pop at someone on Reddit who you can't even remember the name of. It wasn't even a widely read post when I read it. It was like 15 upvotes and I'm taking you to Taking you down, mate. I like calling it Dong because it gives me a lot of dick jokes I can make. <laughs> Don't take this away from me. Or Although I guess bell toll uh, also could have For whom the bell tolls. connotations. But yes, to, to answer the title of this video, yes, it is happening. Mostly. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review shows from wrestling's past. If you pledge now, you'll get our back catalogue of episodes, including Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10, and No Way Out 2004, and many others, as well as this month's episode, which will be WrestleMania 25. And $10 plus backers will become part of the Ramble Club, our new show where we talk about wrestling from around the world, including reviews of the Golden Lovers vs. Cody and Marty Skrull, Austin Aries vs. Eli Drake, and many, many more. All that and so much extra, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But the full go-home episode opened with Jonathan Coachman 
ha, and he made like a little little press conferencey bit. He did, yeah, he little in the ring. Yeah. Organised the ring quite nicely. Those tables just looked mm. like they were waiting to be broken. Oh yeah, but there were two. You tables. can put cloths all them all over you. One, you can put microphones. Those tables are not being. They are not both standing tall by yeah. the end of this segment. Begging for it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I didn't know which table. Well, that the person was going to go through. So that there was, was that suspense. That's where the intrigue was yeah, in this yeah. segment. That's just, why I stayed around. You're just looking at both those mm. tables going like, oh, it's one of you. It's one yeah. of you. So uh, Jonathan Coachman opened the show like this and he brought down Stephanie McMahon, who you know, came out with some just horrible mum dancing. To her own horrible entrance uh, music. Yeah, I but mean, that's good heel. There's <laughs> only one way to dance to that music, which is horribly because it's horrible music. Mm. And uh, then she was followed by Triple H. They did a little smooch at the top. They're they're a great act together. Love them, yeah. Usually, I mean, this is the first time in a while that they've been presented like this, as Mm -hmm. this force together and... Man, they they are more than the sum of the parts. And those are pretty impressive parts to begin with. Well, I think I actually saw... I can't remember where I saw this now. It wasn't on Reddit, so I can't not contribute a user. Mm. But I did see this somewhere and can't remember who said it. But they pointed out that this is the very first time... This is a historic WWE event. Because both Stephanie and Shane are wrestling in matches. And that has never happened huh. before on the same card. No way. Yeah, and it's also in the fir- 2018. And it's the first time that um, Stephanie and Triple H have teamed together on a wrestle on, on a on a pay per view. So that is that you know it is mm. it's historic. It's not just the women's battle royal mates. There's loads of other history making. It's McMahon historic. Oh, it is. It's McMahon mania. Oh, McMahon mania. Kurt Angle and then uh, the baddest woman on the planet. Trademark. Ronda Rousey came out. That was a bit grating. I mean, I, I, the... I enjoyed the show overall. I know a lot of people seemed not to, but yeah, uh, people seem really down on I, this episode. Why, well, you know, it's the WrestleMania go home show. Uh, you, that's huge expectations. And if I had those huge expectations, maybe I'd have been disappointed too. But to be honest, I was just like, let's just make it okay because. <laughs> My go home expectation level has been has been slowly mm-hmm. chipped away at over the years, but the uh, yeah the baddest woman on the planet, smiliest woman on the planet. It's 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 annoying all the time, but it's a cool name. It uh, is a cool name. But yeah, she came down. She was all smile. She was mm-hmm. doing her usual smiling gimmick, glad handing fans. And I really, do, I, mean, I think I might have said this last week, but I certainly think it's here. We need to just stop treating Ronda like a celebrity. She is not Jay Leno. She is not Dennis Rodman. She's an active member. And active, I'm doing big air quotes for podcast listeners. Take a drink. She's an active member of the WWE roster. Let's just treat her like that rather than mm. being like, oh my God, we are just in the greatness of this celebrity giving her a big celebrity entrance. I think once WrestleMania is over, we can sort of move past yeah. that. But it, after a few weeks, it's starting to get a little bit grating. That they are, that yeah, they can't do it until next Monday. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's very. Shorter way. I mean, and to be honest, we are just being very. Um, oh, what's, not so, what's the opposite of cynical? Um, Forgiving. Yeah, maybe. Just that we could. That we just think they're going to do that next week. Yes, it could be like in a few months' time they'll still be doing these sorts of entrances for Ronda Rousey. We don't know. Uh, so Triple H, uh, the Coachman couldn't get started with those ever important fan submitted Twitter questions. Well, they must have had. I mean, they had at least three submitted, I guess, but. The amount they must have had to yeah, sit through yeah. to find poor, these three gems. Poor Coachman had to reply to a lot of... I'm so sorry I didn't get to your question. <laughs> it was like People us to, want to know how big Batista's dick is. It's like us doing quickfire rounds. Yeah. We put the call out on Twitter and then didn't do them on either video. Just sometimes these things happen. Yeah. So uh, the, the, 
Triple H stopped him from doing that and, and had a really... Look, there were a lot of nice lines. Like, the writing for the promos has been really good, I, I think, for this feud. With the exception of there was a Stephanie ad-libbed line that did make me groan. Yeah. So Triple H said... Because the crowd just like, naturally chanted Ronda Rousey. And that was a really cool moment. Because Actually, this was a great crowd all night long as well. They were really popping for everything that WWE would want you to, to pop for. And I, I, I really enjoyed them. They really elevated some of the matches and moments as well. So the crowd are chanting their Ronda Rousey. Triple H grabs the mic cut off coachman being like good job coachman but uh, you can sit there and you can chant Ronda Rousey and the crowd eventually got into it and Triple H was about to start his next line but Stephanie just had to step in and be like oh they'll get there eventually mm. they take a little moment to get it but yeah they, they get it eventually like you didn't yeah. need that there yeah it's unfortunate but Triple H said uh, you got the three eyes intensity integrity I can see but never got the intelligence thing I thought that was a nice chip that away was lovely Kurt. Yep. and that uh, and Ronda had good lines as well apart from the you sign me with ulterior motives <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it is it just came. It sounded weird coming out of her mouth. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's, it's a, but it's been pretty much doesn't work. Yes, like yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's ninety five percent bad lines. Oh, I'd have said eighty. It is eighty twenty. But I yeah, I think it's higher. Uh, I'm, and, I'm counting that video package they did though. Right, that, which was oh, 100%. that doesn't count. I wasn't <laughs> counting that. I'm talking in ring promo yeah. stuff. Uh, and then Kurt just tried every. Every line Kurt had then ended up at the same destination, which was, you know, I'm going to speak about this thing over here. Baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, is going to break your arm, which I quite enjoyed. I like it. And uh, the crowd, like you said, the crowd did get into it. Then we got the Twitter questions, <laughs> which were... I mean, what was the first <sighs> question? So it was, have you I got it written down? Well, I did like that... Um... The Ronda like so Ronda tried to ask Steph a question with the ulterior motives line. It's like, why did you sign me with ulterior motives? And what I like then is Stephanie was just like, guys, we're here to do a Q and A. Like, come on, Coachman, we need yeah. to get the Q and A. Which I actually I thought was a really nice moment from Steph of trying to like ignore that one. Uh, so the first question uh, that comes in, uh, oh yeah, no. Then Ronda said like, oh, I know the format. I need. A I asked a question and I want an answer. And that's when Steph said they signed it because she's a big star and she's best for business. Um, I don't think I've ever. Oh, here's the first question. I did write it down. God, there was a lot in this. How important is it for the authority to win on Sunday? That was the first question. You see, that worries me because that is a question written in the style of WWE writers. Oh, these were not real Twitter questions. Oh, no, I think they're real tweets. Oh, they are not real tweets. I think they're real tweets, but WWE has brainwashed a lot of the audience (laughs) into just talking like WWE bots. Mm, It's like, we do it. We do it sometimes. We call the draft the superstar (laughs) shakeup. That was a normal thing for like a year, and now it's not going to be. Because we're we're fighting back against language. That's the first thing that the the revolution, the bad revolution, will go after. Oh, yeah? is language, <laughs> concepts of language. You strip away and you change meanings of things. That's 1984. So it's just you. It's all and, about double speak. You and gentleman Jack Gallagher are the ones that are really like you're fighting the good fight for us to start using the English language better. Not just the English language, just meanings of words, semantics. Anyway. Uh, what happened after that? So Some Ste- more Steph's banal well, questions. Steph says that they Twitter. will win because they need to show people to respect the authority. Mm. The second question was how Kurt feels about teaming with Rousey. I don't really care about the question. Kurt calls her rowdy. 
rather than Rousey, which was is, that the the first Kurt Butch? Yeah, which made me chuckle. Uh, and then it's, he's excited to team with her, but there's only one more question, I'm afraid. Mm. Um, and uh, Steph essentially cuts a promo on Ronda uh, and makes a point that the the oh, I actually I like this as well. She was like, "You're gonna lose, and the whole world knows what it's what what it's mm. like when you lose." Or how you react when you when you lose. And I thought that was a really nice line as well. Yeah, of course, about her UFC loss. Exactly. Yeah, and she sort of disappeared for a, a while. And says so that I um and Ronda then asks what Stephanie's dominant hand was. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm a righty. She's like, I just need to know which hands uh, you're going to sign my checks with after I break. Oh, well, yeah, she almost got this. It, this was so close. Yeah. to Oh, she was on the cusp of getting this right, but paused because the crowd popped. But then needed to finish her line, and the the second half of the line wasn't as good uh, as the first half. Maybe that's. It. I think there might be too many syllables in the lines that she's given. Like if you just had think lines that were five syllables long, that would really protect her. And uh, yeah, but like ulterior motives. There's too many syllables for her to run out of steam there. But and that's the problem. <laughs> it's not like she's getting words wrong, like Kurt Angle. She's just running out of. Steam in the, throughout the middle of a sentence, running out of things to yeah. say. Um, and then what, I really chuckled at this as well. Coach was like, "Well, here at WWE, we like to do classy photo shoots. This isn't like boxing or UFC." Yeah, Which I thought it was a really funny line. And they they stand up and they they go pose around. The photographers get into this. You can tell this is such a Triple H booked feud. Mm-hmm. Photographers get into like the photos though. like the. Well, I love it. I think this yeah. is great. And Triple H and Kurt shake hands. Stephanie offers out her hand to shake, but Ronda doesn't shake, and she steps up. And then Triple H, like the dust. Lee Healy is bonks Kurt on the back of the head with a microphone Kurt goes tumbling out of the ring uh, and then Ronda grabs Triple H by the throat and then Stephanie takes 25 steps to get into position <laughs> and backdrops her through the table was it a backdrop it kind of looked like a joke slam from where I was watching it uh, I just written here Steph slams her through the table it was so I can't remember, yeah. oh, actually I've written Steph awkwardly puts her through the table it was something okay so this is where my problem with the segment lies I really enjoyed everything up until this point but as soon as Stephanie put Ronda through the table and Ronda stayed through the table. I was just like, ah, you lost me. I d- it's like when Shane goes proper, because Shane McMahon's character isn't a great wrestler, right? Oh, well, like, yeah. well, now it is. <laughs> but, Strong disagree. Yeah, like, but he shouldn't go toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. It, like, even if that was an okay-to-good match... It shouldn't have happened, in my in my view. He went toe to toe with the Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell. But it's even but like with Hell in a Cell, you've kind of got an out because it's such a hardcore match. He was taken to his limit. He lost. Well, I guess he did with the AJ one as well. But with Stephanie, she's not even like she's never been shown training apart from recently. She's has a match like every four or five years. Hey, she beat Brie Bella at SummerSlam twenty. Something. Well, exactly. Yeah, she is not. She's not been built up as a wrestler or a believable wrestler ever, and now she is being presented as a threat. I don't think that's Stephanie's character. I think Stephanie's character is a lot of speak, a lot of furore, but ultimately hides behind Triple H or whoever crony she's got doing her work. And you shouldn't have her getting physical. I think the match should be designed around her dodging Ronda, and then finally. They get it, but she gets no offense in. Maybe she gets a slap, but then Ronda immediately destroys her. This is Hulk versus Loki. You know, Loki has all the mastermind stuff going on, but as soon as Hulk gets its hands on Loki, smash. Can you tell who's been going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I know, I'm excited for Infinity Infinity War. War. A lot of my anecdotes are going to be Marvel based. (laughs) 
And I'm listening to a book on comic history. Oh, that, that, uh, the, the Marvel Super one. Super Gods. No, oh, I, no. I finished that a while ago. Yeah, it's good, that thing. Yeah, it's good. I wanted to listen to that uh, Super Gods one. It's really good. I, when I was at the cinema yesterday, I saw the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. The, the, the oh. new one with Cap and with the, the glove of Thanos. Oh. Tear rolled down my eye. My wife thought it was hysterical. You need to grow up. A little bit. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, can I slightly defend this? Sure. So, my rationale of this was not like, oh, Stephanie got the better of Ronda. She out-wrestled Ronda. She mm. out-maneuvered Ronda. Like, so Triple H bonked Kurt and Kurt fell out the ring. He bonked him. Yeah, absolutely. With a microphone. And then uh, Ronda went for Triple H. She, like, grabbed him by the throat or something. And it was that distraction. Yeah. It was Ronda not looking. Stephanie came up behind her. It was a sneak attack. So Steph didn't really get the better of Ronda. She didn't outmaneuver Ronda. She didn't outwrestle Ronda. She got a sneak attack, put her through the table, and then pointed at the WrestleMania sign. If anything, I would have preferred it if Ronda wasn't looking at her while selling. Because mm. she was staring up at the McMahon's doing this. <laughs> yeah, she's got a bad, grumpy selling yeah, face. Yeah, gr- <laughs> grumpy selling face. Where you just, like, if you just sold it, like, with your eyes closed, going, like, oh, Oh my god, a table! How agony! Yeah, like I think that would have been better. But I, I didn't think that this was terrible. I thought that they played it in such a way that Stephanie only put her through the table because Ronda was distracted with something else. Mm. Come WrestleMania, if Stephanie dominates the match, mm-hmm. if we get a usual WWE tag match where the heels just dominate and then you get a hot tag, then that's a different matter. But it's like it's not even a dominating thing. It's she Stephanie shouldn't even exchange holds. There should be no arm drags. There should be no grappling. It should just be Ronda pummeling the crap out of Stephanie. Yeah. It's because she's not a wrestler. Like, you wouldn't... You, I wouldn't go against Usain Bolt and expect to even be in the running. I'd still be... Literally, quite literally. Yeah, I'd still be back at the, the starting point. And that's what I see this match is. I, it's just character inconsistency, which I, I find... I, I don't like that at all. However, I'm not completely down on this segment i just i I think fundamentally it's wrong but i did enjoy it uh but the uh, the the way round it i would have had is stephanie to have a lot more shenanigans before putting her through the table Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't think enough cheating happened before that or just have ron i mean i love a no sell just have ronda stand right back up She's not playing with this WWE t- yeah, like biscuit yeah. table nonsense. She's just getting and, right uh, back up. And like everyone's like, whoa, and then they run away. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But uh, next up, we had continuing the focus on the women's revolution, Bailey versus Sonya Deville. And, um, uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was fine. Um, yeah, uh, both didn't get entrances, but it was an absolutely perfectly fine match. It was there to hype. I'll be honest, though. I mean, a lot of people said that I was very down on WWE last week, mm. and I wasn't the most positive I've ever <coughs> been on either show last week. And I, in particular, I wasn't big on the, uh, the the Becky versus... Who was it? Who did she fight last week? Oh, God. Ruby Riot? It was a Riot squad member, It surely. might have been Ruby. Yeah, I, I think, think it was. I think it was yeah, Ruby, yeah. They were, I, I quite enjoyed the match. Yes, and I liked them but both. like the match went sort of like two minutes and then afterwards Becky threw everyone out. I thought I much preferred this where the match had a little bit of time and then you did the throwing out nonsense. And the other thing, and it, made, it, it really struck me in this, why I was more, why I was higher on this version of hyping up the, the women's battle royal as opposed to the SmackDown one. And it's because this one at least has some sort of story. Because you have Bailey versus Banks going yes. into the match. Whereas the SmackDown women's division doesn't have a story going into the WrestleMania Battle Royal. They are literally just a bunch of lasses having a match. Mm. And there's no there's no meat to that. Whereas at least on Raw you have this Bank versus Bailey storyline. You have Absolution in there as well. Because the right squad are a non-factor. 
and yeah, I don't know. It made me feel like I, I, I'm more intrigued. I'm more intrigued by that than than the SmackDown presentation of it. Well, the women's battle royal that the the main storyline going into it is definitely that Banks Bailey dynamic, yeah. and I, I'd be surprised if the whole match wasn't built around that with those two at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most effective way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after last week of the dissension between Bailey and Sasha Banks, they finally like came to blows backstage. We had Banks go up, and we didn't know who turned heel, really. We said it was sort of... I didn't think either was a heel turn. Exactly. It just seemed like both of them had had enough of each other. But here, Sasha Banks ran out to save Bailey from the Absolution beatdown. We didn't mention Bailey won the match. Oh, yeah. And then Sasha Banks goes... Yeah, she, she sort of helps Bailey and says, raise, raise my, my arm. Yeah, she's already got her hand raised. She was like, <coughs> raise my hand now. I just helped yeah. you take these guys out. Raise my hand. A proper heel move. by the by the face. Yeah, very heelish moves. And then they came to blows. And then Absolution got back <coughs> in um, and uh, got, got back in and just beat them down. Yeah, so it still wasn't a full-out heel turn for Sasha, but she was definitely the more... Mm. She, they could have just been annoyed with each other. Yes. <laughs> girls will be girls. Yeah. Uh, then we had a great Asuka video package with numbers. Yeah, I, although <laughs> I, I thought this was awesome. I loved this video package. I could watch video package on Asuka all the time. Mm. But there was one thing that made me chuckle in this. They were like, 209 wins without a loss. And then later on, they were like, she's beaten 35 different women. I'm like, all of a sudden, that 209 wins doesn't sound yeah. as impressive when it's only against 35 people. And 150 of those wins were against Dana Brooke. <laughs> that classic rivalry. It felt like a oh, Royal Rumble video package. Yeah, they, well, they, uh, classic rivalry became teammates later exactly. on in the night. What a story. Yeah. Uh, but... Finn Balor took on Seth Rollins next Oof. in a corker. Of this a match. rocked, man. Yeah. I loved this. Like I've I've been really into this match anyway. It's, I said like at Elimination Chamber, those three started, and I was like, man, if this these three are having this WrestleMania match, mm. I'm so in for it. But like these last couple of weeks, I've really enjoyed the matches that these these lot have having. But this was so good. This yeah. was really great. It's going to be interesting to see what Miz can add in, in the three way. But I think he can. Like if he he can he can add sort of the crowd interaction heel heat side which this match didn't have uh and you know some stalling some trademark it kicks yep absolutely oh um no i think you mean the yes kicks Thank as you. made famous by smackdown live general manager daniel bryan sure uh the i mean unfortunately he was the worst thing about this seth Rollins Finn Balor singles feud no singles oh, ma- sorry. sorry singles match here right here oh i disagree the i mean, commentary oh, all, no. all of the all of the commentary was just gruesomely off-putting. Oh, I loved it. I mean, it, it did make me not focus on the match for the first, like, first, exactly. like, 10, 10 yeah. like five it minutes. Took, <laughs> yeah, it took me way too long to properly get in on the match because it's just WrestleMania this, WrestleMania that, Miz's kid, which I'm happy for him. I, di- I genuinely don't know if he's trying to be a heel turning in how proud of a father he is, Monroe Sky. Because I know her name off by heart now, because he said it so many freaking times. I'm happy for the guy, and maybe this is an ingenious way to turn it into a heel act by being this overly proud father. But it, re- I don't, or he could just be being a nice guy. Either way, 
I felt it was detrimental to the match. I was just saying realize here, all of my notes at the start of this are just about uh, Miz saying, yeah. like, calling his daughter, being born the greatest moment of his life. I, and I've, I've, I'm so happy for him. Uh, but Miz says that he wants to be a role model for his daughter by winning. He's more focused now than he was two weeks ago. Miz says forget Balor Club. He's part of Dad Club. Miz says that having a child has changed him and he's putting over Balor and Rollins. And then I've just written, oh, yeah, there's a match happening. Because mm. all my notes are just about Miz on commentary. But I, I do agree with you on that point. But I did kind of like it. I yeah. mean, maybe it's just because I'm at that period of my life where, like, having kids... Where you don't care about great wrestling. Where having kids is a thing. Like, maybe I'm just at that period of my life. But I, I, it kind of warmed my heart a little bit. And I, and, and I really liked how Miz did keep saying he was, a, he was a changed man. And he spent the rest of his commentary, when they weren't trying to make fun of each other, trying to put over how great... Mm. Rollins and Balor are in ring and saying they are two of the greatest in the company. He was popping throughout the match and saying what looked like an absolute classic. And I Miz did his best to put this match over and therefore put the guys over and therefore put their WrestleMania match over. So there are some positives to it, but at the start it was very much uh, Monroe Sky heavy. Your uh, your the, the change man stuff. I've got a good exchange between Coach and Graves here. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes, Miz. You're a changed man. Graves. He's wearing sunglasses, coach. <laughs> there was another one. That, <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I, there was a line that I wrote down that really made me chuckle. Oh, Graves yeah. Is very good. Uh, it's when, um, so, I, they were talking about he hasn't had a match in a while. Mm. And uh, Miz like, that's making me a better wrestler. And uh, Michael, and he was like, Michael, if you took some time off, <laughs> yeah. it would make you a better commentator. And Corey Graves was like, coach has been gone for 10 years and he's still rubbish. Yeah, yeah that was very good. very good. Also, Michael Cole in Finn Balor's entrance, maybe this is a, a, a thing that's been happening forever, but I do tune Michael Cole out a lot of the time. He just goes, welcome to Balor Club. Oh, yeah, that's one of his ones, yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> What's, it's boss time. For Balor Club. It's the, the big dog. It's just, it's a Michael Coleism. It's a horrible thing. Anyway, the match itself was really, really good. They had loads of nice back references to other matches. Of course, there was the really good singles match they had a couple of weeks ago with the finish where, uh, you know, Rollins does the superplex into the Falcon Arrow spot. Mm -hmm. But Balor rolled him up and got an inside cradle win there. They did that same spot, but Balor kicked out. Uh, no, kick, sorry, Rollins, uh, kicked, Rollins out. kicked out. And then later on, Rollins teased, or at least attempted, the buckle bomb into the barricade, which, of course, put Finn Balor out for almost nine months or a year or whatever it was after SummerSlam 2016 in the inaugural Universal Championship match. But Balor just got out of that. And uh, yet the last five minutes in particular were really, really good back and forth stuff. crowd was alive during mm. this as well. They were popping huge. It's because they didn't the have the commentary. Well, yeah, perhaps, yeah. I mean, they were really into all of the near falls and things like that. That um, The near fall off the superplex into the Falcon Arrow yeah. spot where like they again did the inside cradle but Rollins kicked out like 2.9 commentators going nuts I was like was it 3 was it 3 and Rollins is even up going like it was 2 right? it was mm. 2 it was 2 brilliant selling from both guys my irritants of that though is that the commentators didn't bring up the fact that that was the spot from two weeks ago yeah. like this is literally your job they, they had to talk about the Miz's baby and argue with each other. Yeah, you can't get over that. Suppose not. So next up, we had a Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And so again, we've skipped over who won. We just skipped over oh, the okay. entire ending of the match. Wins and losses don't matter. No, apparently not, no. But Rollins uh, goes to give Balor the buckle. Where am I? I just put Seth wins with oh, the yeah, curb stomp. Oh, yeah, Seth wins with the curb stomp. Great. So Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had a video this is what package happens when I have to do of it. their feud. Not good at this. And then Paul Heyman... Uh, is backstage and he's on a phone and he says, yeah, we can call it the Broctagon. That sounds good. Nice. And then Kurt turns up and he's like, don't 
make the main event promo segment too too personal. We just want we want to protect the main event from happening. Uh, no, we want no, to... we we want to protect it. Yeah, to make sure it to happens. make sure it happens. <laughs> we want to protect it from happening. It's a Freudian slip. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we got The Bar coming out and Sheamus and Cesaro pointing out that Braun Strowman will never be a real tag team. He's only one person. And then Braun came out and said, well, I'll reveal my tag partner if one of you has a match with them. And Sheamus is like, yeah, okay, I'll have a match with you. And Braun goes, well, I, my tag partner is very much like me, but a little bit different. And I thought, they're going to reveal who it is. That sounds like the big show to me, or Mark Henry. Uh, but no, it was it was Braun Strowman in a lab coat. It was Braun Strowman, uh, Braun, Strowman Braun Strowman pulling the old Clark Kent on us, mm. put some glasses on her and a shirt, and I was like, oh, where's Superman gone? But uh, Braun uh, came. So I down don't know what I only get Marvel references <laughs> right now. Don't know what that is. But I did like because he said that. Obviously, his brother is Braun, so he is Brains Strowman. He's a twin brother. Mm. And Corey Graves is going like, well, I mean, I don't know the Strowman family lineage, but this is yeah. obviously his twin brother, <laughs> Rain. He really does look like him, though. And then later on, when he took off the glasses... completely different person. He t- and then he took the glasses off, and Corey just goes, oh, my God, it's Braun! Yeah. <laughs> really made me laugh. Graves really sold this well. It's a comedy feud, which, yeah. is, which is fine, uh, but I wouldn't have put Braun in a comedy feud at WrestleMania, given the year he's had. You know, I'm enjoying yeah. it, but if if I step back and look at the entire year and the card, I would have given Braun something better to do. Yeah, but it's got to be it's got to be um, Ellsworth, right? I've got no idea. I, I don't know who it will be. It's Ray, Everything is Rey Mysterio, if you go by Sports Illustrated. Uh, Woken Matt Hardy and Goldust both had Titan Tron promos next, and then they had a match. Yeah, it's well, yeah. Matt Hardy won. Yeah, Matt Hardy told you. Yeah, Matt Hardy won, won this time, and then he posed by the um, statue and uh, sort of <laughs> talked nonsense to it. Yeah, uh, was he, what was he saying? Stuff. Procure. Yeah, stuff about vessels, probably. Yep, cool. Um, then Mickey James and Alexa Bliss had a, a promo with the words on screen, and not just any words, Luke. They had uh, fat shaming words. <sighs> Ooh. Heels, mate. How dare heels be heels? They How are... dare bullies be portrayed as bullies? <laughs> yep, I mean, yep. I was going to say, if they're being bullies, let's just be honest about them being bullies. Yeah. Because bullies are dicks. So they said, uh, blubbering in her blubber, which of <laughs> course is a is a fat joke. Yeah. Cool. Which is, yeah, yeah. but like. But they're, uh, they're heels, so like, they should be doing this. Exactly. And like, that's the whole point of this feud is that they are, they're the mean girls. Mm. And poor old Nia is is being picked on yeah. because she's different. And that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. We're meant to feel sympathy for Nia and not like the heels. So this is working great for me. They're clearly positioning the heels as bad guys. We know like, like Nia Jax is presumably going to get her revenge and retribution and everything. It's nice wish fulfillment. Uh, so yeah, people who are getting uh, sort of offended by... WWE even insinuating that Nia Jax is larger than normal uh, the average woman that's the normal women I was say. I, <laughs> the I, average size I, I, woman I, I didn't want to step on you for, for uh, fear of being called a cuck more yeah. in the comments and uh, yeah it just makes sense it's, it's how you make these heel face dynamics work Yeah, I, I really like it as a story and I, I think that is behind why it's connecting so much because it's re- this, this is a really hot blood feud with the crowd and visceral crowd reactions. The crowd want to see Nia destroy Alexa Bliss, as we see later on with a a big crowd pop. Yes. Uh, we've already talked about John Cena and The Undertaker. That was next. Then we got some 
Uh, Kurt went up to Roman Reigns backstage and did the same thing with him that he did to Paul Heyman. You know, let's stop the main event from happening. Let's stop it from happening. Yep. Nobody wants to see it. <laughs> this uh, guy does. Oh, yeah, I, I was into it by the end. Uh, Elias, still awesome. Yeah, I love him wearing his little kimono mm. thing. Yeah. I saw the someone Someone got in touch with me on Twitter today. I think it's the first time they've seen Elias wearing the kimono. Mm. They were so offended by it. And I was like, that's just brilliant. Yeah. Like that's why he's wearing it because it makes him look like a complete knob. Mm. Oh, I think it's so good. It's a, like I I would never in a million years have said, "You know what Elias's gimmick needs? A kimono." <laughs> but it it works yeah. perfectly. The first time, was it the Symphony of uh, Destruction. Destruction match against Braun Strowman? And we're all like, What's he, why is he wearing a... Com-? And I didn't know what it was then. Why is he wearing a flowery dress thing? Which wonderfully billows behind him as he <laughs> runs away from people. It's, Elias is great. And the, I don't know why people want him to turn face. Because 75% of the fun with Elias is him crapping on your hometown. Yeah, exactly. So to just don't change anything about him. Even And it's kind of similar with Rusev Day, although I think Rusev could work as a face quite well. Elias, his gimmick is a heel gimmick. Keep him as a heel. 100%. Yeah. But more, or less, uh, more importantly, he confirmed, essentially, in this uh, segment here, that he is going to be doing some sort of concert mm. at WrestleMania. A lot of people think that The Rock is rumoured to be at WrestleMania. They might do a Rock concert. The Rock comes out to interrupt him. More likely, Kid Rock will come out and interrupt him, and then you'll get the Kid Rock concert instead. And then The Undertaker entrance. And then The Undertaker That's entrance. That's the wrong Rock! No! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I love Elias, but I don't want another segment on that show. Braun Strowman... It's seven hours, man. We've got time to fill. <laughs> Braun Strowman was backstage next, sort of walking away from the arena, and Kurt Hawkins turned up. Because he's been running a campaign on social media. Pick me, Braun. Because he's had... He's nearing 200 losses now. Certainly is. And he thinks the way to turn his fortunes around would be to team with Braun Strowman. Braun always wins his matches. He could become a tag team champion out of nowhere. This is great. And I wish... Uh, looking back on the whole Braun Strowman storyline, if you're going to give him a comedy storyline, I understand everything was put into place quite late in the day because WWE were holding off on certain feuds because of the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns uncertainty. And you could have had a few months here, or at least two months, at least a month, of various people campaigning and pitching to be Braun Strowman's tag partner. And if you're going to make it a comedy thing, I mean, that's that's your ticket right there yeah. to make it very fun. I thought that would have been great. Yeah. So he asks Kurt, what's what's your win-loss record like? <laughs> and Kurt says, well, you know, you could be my big break. He's like, I've got a big break for you. <laughs> and he throws him through a wall. He got these great. hands. Uh, and then we had Nia Jax having a sit-down interview with Renee Young. This was this was a well-produced segment. I mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah, I like this too as well. Yeah, she said that it Alexa's words took her back to her childhood when she was very insecure about her body. But she said you've got to be honest with yourself. Mm. You've got to love yourself. You've got to be comfortable with who you are. And then said at WrestleMania, she Alexa is just she is a, an insecure little girl. She is a fly, and at WrestleMania, she's going to squash her like a bug. She also said the S word. She did. She did a swear. What? That's how badass she is. It's her and Paul Heyman. They're like the total badasses on this show. Women's revolution is here. The women can swear now. (laughs) We're going to have our first ever sweary women battle royal. Is that historic? Is that a historic Uh, first ever women swear on Raw? I mean, they might have said bitch because Mm -hmm. 
I, I feel like I can remember that, someone saying bitch. Well, that's what all feuds were in yeah. like in in like two thousand. I want to say 2004 to the women's revolution that's all huge where it's like your hair is a bitch mm. and then that would be it's like oh my makeup's so much better than yours feud but I can't recall uh, a big a big cuss word being mm. used but I don't know maybe I'm wrong it's not something I particularly paid attention to uh, yeah, this was this was good. Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Oh, what's Big Dave going to say about this? Like Brian, Meltz, Brian Meltzer, <laughs> the fusion of wrestling minds. <laughs> Brian Alvarez was recounting the segment and say, saying all the stuff you did about you know Nia uh, saying that she was insecure herself and as a kid and everything. And Dave Meltzer goes, "But they know we know she was a model, right?" <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, she was like a professional model. She's probably quite confident in her appearance. I know that like, it's fine. It's fine because this is the story you're telling and it's working very well. But I just like, oh yeah, she was a professional model forever. And then she became a a wrestler. So that was funny. That's great. Uh, This was followed up by Asuka and Dana Brooke. (laughs) Okay, so Alexa and Mickey J's came down for a tag match. I almost wrote in my notes, I don't know what other women they've got left to complete yeah. this segment. And then it was Dana Brooke and Asuka. I was like, yeah, I don't think they realised either because they were like, yeah. oh, who have we got left? Who hasn't been used yet? Uh, Dana mm. Brooke and Asuka, I guess. We'll just put them together. And I, it was kind of nice because, like you said earlier, Dana Brooke was Asuka's first ever victory in, in WWE. Yeah. But uh, I don't think they brought that up on commentary. No. Maybe they did. That would uh, actually require some journalistic research. This this was, I mean, it was a bit of a boring match, I thought, uh, probably because of the placement in the card as well. But Asuka's hot tag was awesome. Yeah, and I the crowd was, really was super into it as well. Dana Brooke actually got to get some offense in as well, which we don't see very often. And I also really liked when Asuka was making her entrance. Uh, Alexa Bliss was just standing in the ring with her hands over her ears because <laughs> she doesn't want to, A, hear the pop she's getting and B, her music great heel move of just like no I'm just putting my fingers in my ear I'm just going to ignore this loved it so uh, I'll say the actual finish oh, please do Asuka tapped out Mickey James and then Alexa Bliss and Mickey James beat up Asuka and Dana Brooke wonder where this is going Nia Jax runs down and she goes for Bliss but just misses her as Bliss gets out the through the ropes and the crowd was so excited for it and that's why I think you need those you know words like blubber and being nasty about her as body shape, yeah. yeah. Uh, but to get that kind of visceral reaction, because now people are fully on Nia's side. When really, you know, you look at that matchup, it's quite clear that Nia's going to win. But you're invested in it for for another reason. Yeah, you're not invested to see Nia win the title. You're invested to see Nia kick Alexa's ass, her biscuit butt. Uh, that was almost a China biscuit butt at the start of this match. Almost, really? Yeah, there was nearly. Um, my only criticism, I would, my critique I would give of this segment is, and they're in a bit of a tough situation because they don't have that many women on the roster, I wish Asuka wasn't in this position. Asuka mm. is your challenger for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. I'm hoping that she is on SmackDown tonight to have a, a, a segment with Charlotte Flair because otherwise, the last thing that Asuka did before going to WrestleMania was being beaten down by the Raw Women's Champion mm. and then just rolling out the ring and we never see from her again. That's not a great go-home moment uh, for Asuka going into a championship match. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping, and I'm almost certain, she'll have a segment tonight on SmackDown Live. The main event of the whole show was Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming out to cut a promo. 
and then Roman Reigns coming down afterwards to interrupt. But this was, there was an interesting wrinkle in that the, well, they were referred to as the Raw Locker Room, but it was actually just the tag division. Yeah. I felt so bad for That's them. That's crazy. Particularly like if you wanted, the bar. If you wanted any more confirmation that the tag div- the tag division is not seen as anything in in Raw right now, especially with Braun Strowman fighting for the titles, like here it is. Yep, you are the you are the geeks of the, the locker job room squad. You yeah. are the job squad. Just stand out there and be the jobbers that you are. I felt really bad for them. As I said, particularly the bar. Don't put the bar in that position. They're mm. defending their tag titles this Sunday. Don't do that. Yeah, put put Dana Brooke there. Yeah, there's Kurt Hawkins. I mean, I know he went through a wall yeah, and stuff. Could, don't put there's, Kurt Hawkins there. He'd just gone through the wall, like he said. But cruiserweights. Yeah, it's loads of people. Oh yeah, who's a cruiserweight going to stop? Really? Are they a raw thing? They were last. Yeah, they week. were last week, mate. Uh, so, um, yeah, Paul Heyman cut a very, very good promo. Shocker. So, yeah, and just saying that, sort of playing off the old Undertaker promo. Spoiler. Brock wins. You know, spoiler. Brock wins uh, against Roman Reigns here, and saying that. In in the very unlikely event that Brock does lose, this is it. We you won't see either of us on Monday Night Raw again. Brock will say hello from UFC. Brock was having a right old chuckle throughout this whole segment. He was having a proper little mm. titter to himself, chuckling at everything that Uncle Paul had to say. Yeah, loved it. Uh, and it just that they really they actually made me dislike Brock a bit. Just good. by well, just yeah. by gut, which is how good Paul Heyman is, because I think Brock is supremely cool. But just the way Heyman kept on saying that, you, that you know, he's he, he gets to do whatever he wants, he doesn't care about the guys in the back, and that tied in nicely with when Roman came out and the guys in the back sort of parted for him. Uh, yeah, I thought this was this was a great promo as always, and it got over who the heel and the faces are, and it worked because the crowd then weren't on Brock's side when mm. Roman came out nice big pop for Roman they popped when the, the, the tag team division parted like the Red Sea that he could walk down let him through chance the crowd was super into to Roman and that kind of is, is helped by Heyman's really great promo work and then they were cheering when, when Roman kept knocking Brock down with the Superman punch gave him five Superman punches and then finally laid him out, grabbed the title and posed with it. But out of nowhere, Lesnar rose from the dead and F5'd him mm. into the earth. Yeah, so I, I thought that was... It, they've, they've made the, Romans, the Roman Reigns character one that I actually want to get behind now. Which is this locker room leader, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I can't think of them doing this before. No, this is one of the ones they haven't tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's... It's a lot more effective, I think, than the big dog or the cocky top guy or whatever. Apart from badass Roman, that was the best version when he was in uh, the shield. Yeah. yeah, I thought this was the way they part. You know, you're gonna st- you're gonna stand here for the this part timer and then part time bastard. He and said, the, yeah, and the tag team division parted for him. I yeah, it worked really well. Uh, d- d- apparently, this happened just days before WrestleMania 20. And the go-home angle for that on SmackDown. Oh, yeah? Brock Lesnar was in the ring with Paul Heyman, sort of calling out. I think he wanted something that Stone Cold had stolen from him. And Stone Cold comes out, and a lot of the SmackDown locker room are there. And Stone Cold looks at each one of them, and they part for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, and God, then... I don't remember the bill. For... I don't think I was watching a WrestleMania mm, 20. Yeah, I, I, I only saw because someone posted it. Yeah, I think I was out of... What year was that? WrestleMania 20, 2004, I think. Yeah, I wasn't watching wrestling at that point. Uh, so, yes, I thought this was an, an effective 
uh, go-home segment for this main event feud. So, job well done throughout the show, I thought. I thought it was a really good show, actually. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was so still on the Undertaker bandwagon, though. I thought, wow, this is a Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar segment to close the show. Both men have beaten The Undertaker. And, and I was like, my mind was trying to fit this jigsaw together, and it couldn't. I was like, how? Surely he's got to be involved. They wouldn't save him till the day. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was I was just watching like the show coming to an end. The little graphic came up. I was like, well, that means nothing in WWE. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. That graphic could be anywhere on this show. And then it faded to black. And I was like, no, no, okay, cool. That is the end of the show. Then no Undertaker fades back up. Tommaso Ciampa attacks Roman Reigns from behind. Such a bastard. What a like, heel. Uh, yeah, but I I gave this. Uh, four out of five. I gave it a call. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'm for sure the, you've for that Rollins Balor match alone. Yeah. Did you know Tyson Kidd produced that? Match? I saw. Yeah, it was a mm. fightful um, reporting that. Yeah. Sapp. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think he called him Bob Sapp for a second. Then that's uh, someone very different. <laughs> yes, I did have a, a lovely weekend, uh, as you wow, mentioned. Wow. So you've just you've treated the intro and the outro. Like there, it doesn't have a 50-minute discussion of Raw in between. Yep, and a Patreon advert in the middle of that. <laughs> yep, I've just pretended that it's just one seamless conversation. Because that's gonna, that's not good radio. Well, <laughs> well, I imagine there are some people who listen to this, some podswafters, who don't even listen to the the gumph in the middle because mm. they've already watched it on the YouTube channel. So they just. They just watch. They just they're not podswafters. Oh, they're, they're right. They're not podswafters. But like you know, the ones who come over from YouTube, they just listen to the intro and outro. They're just pressing forward fifteen seconds, or just trying to you know skip forward mm. before they get to this uh, this chat here. What are those people called? I don't know. They'll need to come up with a name yeah, as well. Yeah. If you are one of those people, uh, let us know. Uh, email in Luke at WrestleTalk.com or what you want to be told about or what you want to be called. Do you know what I've, I've noticed actually? Ever since I got that email, when I got that email, I had a big influx of emails for podswafters. Uh, oh, when you go, oh, you mean when you got the Luke at WrestleTalk? Yes, yeah. right. I got a big influx of email. Now, not so much. How many? How many are we talking? I, I, I don't know. I maybe get like two every couple of days. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll promote it more. That's probably our fault. Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Email him literally anything. Correspondence is what we're after yes. for for the the podcast intro and outro. Not questions. No, not that's questions. A Patreon that, thing, yeah. but just like you know, just general chit chat. Yes. And nice things you want to say. Yeah. But we also do have uh, our reviews. We'll get to your. Um, this will be the hook to keep people through the reviews. Oh, your nice. Weekend. Yeah. So, first up from. What, and what a hook that is. Ridgemaster Case File. Who really is Byron Saxton? This is one of the greatest wrestling podcasts you can find. Not true. Luke and Dolly are very knowledgeable and continuously provide quality content. Continuously. Mm, so close. It's. It's good, but it's not quite right. On everything wrestling, they have a great sense of humour and they help pass the time on my drives to collage. It's well worth a Patreon donation for extra podcast content. Yes. yes. Also, spoons. Yes. Thank you very well, much, thank you, Rich Master. Sorry we didn't get to the spoons today, but that can be quickly amended by a quick Google, which Luke loves... When I just we think this is slow down. You, I've already got it up. You were so quick to um, say that my version of radio, where I just treated the intro and outro <laughs> as bad radio, and then you went straight to your favourite. When we used to do the old movie, this is a little treat for for pod swafters here. When we used to do the old movie podcast, 
Ollie would often, like, he would always sort out what news stories we did on the podcast. And then sometimes he would just pick set photos or, like, promotional images. We can from, describe the uh, image. I was going to say, which doesn't work in an audio medium. I think we can paint with words. <laughs> we are not that good at our jobs. I remember when you told me off once. For Googling for on Googling it. stuff while you're talking. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm there making a point, and you're just tip-tapping away Googling stuff, and then I finish my point, and you just go, yeah, because you, you haven't I been listening. Of, I thought of something more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was always totally engrossed, just somewhere else as well. Yeah. Uh, so I can't remember where we got to. I think we did egg spoon Did last, that one. Which means a French sauce spoon. Mmm. For eating sauce, similar to a dessert spoon, but with a flatter, notched bowl. That is a French sauce spoon. And final review before we get to Luke's weekend from Apexton14, the world's greatest pro wrestling podcast. Not true. The title says it all. They are the best. Sorry, Jericho. Please don't put me on the list. How was your weekend, Luke? Weekend went off without a hitch, nice. my friend. So as if you're new to this podcast and you didn't know what we were doing, it was my wife's 30th birthday two days before Oliver Davis's. I'm just going to start Googling something yeah, If you could just go, yeah, you crack on, yep. Um, and so I was surprising her with a weekend away. We'd planned this whole big ruse where my mother had asked us out for lunch. So we were driving down the M4 towards my mother's house. My wife had then packed an overnight bag because they thought we were staying at my parents house that was all part of the room i even on the uh, friday night had said oh my mum's uh, asked if you can bring some walking shoes as well i don't really know what for but like we just need to pack, pack mm. some walking shoes and she was like huh interesting and then the following morning she was like oh it's probably because the last time we walked to the pub i wore heels and it was really difficult and i was like yeah that's probably that's it. What that's what it is definitely what it is idiot <laughs> and then you don't know you have no idea. And then we went past the exit that we would usually get off on the M4 to mm. get to my mother's house. None the wiser. She didn't even notice. She did, but she didn't vocalise anything. Like her internal argument was, uh, her reasoning was like, I mean, we do usually come off that exit, but I'm sure Luke knows what he's doing. There could be another way. That was her fault. That <laughs> was the to to presume Luke knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's exactly it. But Luke did know what he was mm. doing. And then I revealed that we were actually going away for the weekend. We were on our way to Pembrokeshire. When did you reveal it? Shortly after that. I was just like, I was like, do you know where we are? Mm. And then she was like, are we not going to your mum's? And I said, no, we are not. Mm. And then I plugged into the sat nav and I said, we're actually heading to Pembrokeshire. I've booked us a B&B uh, and we're going out for dinner tonight. So we then drove. It took us a long time. It took us five hours to drive there. Wow. All told, door to door. Good cartoons. Good. Media podcast. Yeah, we put on Radio X for a little bit because I was trying to get a, a shout out for my wife read out on air, but that didn't quite come to fruition. <laughs> um, uh, and we, we had a quick stop off in, in Wales at a service station, which was quite nice. We should have recorded a little bit to put on the end of the podcast. Oh. And then like you could have timed it so when we go past the Pembroke like the past the turning, we would have gone, Hey. Hey. Hey, this is a extra bit of the podcast. Guess guess what? Just for you, Katie Poos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't call it that. Um neither do you. But now uh, I do. <laughs> so we got to Pembrokeshire, we booked ourselves or we checked ourselves into our hotel. It was a suite, so we had a lovely downstairs and a very nice upstairs mm. and a gorgeous slate bathroom. I believe they call it a wet room because it's less of a bathroom area. 
Uh, and Slippery. It was. No, it wasn't. It was just very nice. It, the shower was tropical. That's the way that uh, the, the guy who was showing us around described it because it just felt like a waterfall. Mm. It was just absolutely incredible. And then we uh, went out for a country ramble, walked around for a little bit, then went to a pub, very Welsh. It was called the Dragon Inn. And then we went out for a nice meal in the evening. She was able to have a gluten-free vegan meal, which is why I picked that place and booked us a table. And then the next day, I took her to a cracking owl sanctuary. Alan nice. Partridge stood there. Like, and uh, I think I said to you, or I might have said on the Monday's episode, and to you, that um, I wasn't going to do it. I just booked her. We, it was my mum and dad had got her. Mm. That as her birthday present. And um, she actually paid for me to do it as well. So I uh, flew some owls. Uh, on Sunday, how do you fly an owl? Well, they kind of like you. They, the the guy carries it around <laughs> on like their glove, and then they sort of like offer it up to a little perch. Mm. And then you walk away, and they get some food and sort of put it onto your glove. And then you just tap the glove. The owl just goes whoosh, and just swoops in, and then lands on it and just eats a little food off of you. And then you can just sort of carry it around for a little Ooh. bit, and then you fly it back. Mm. Like when when they get a little bit bored of you, they just sort of fly back. And we flew three owls. Um, a do little... you pet an owl? Do you stroke its head? Yeah, the the or second do you just stand there awkwardly regal. The the second one you were able to sort because like it didn't mind being stroked mm. and it also like its beak wasn't very sharp so you could like put your finger up and it would just try and like nibble at your finger thinking it was food because <laughs> it turns out I learned this about owls they their long sight is excellent but short sighted mm. they can't see anything. Same with cats. Is that true? Uh, yeah, you can. They they'll be able to get something from. Oh, it's a predator thing, isn't it? Ah, oh, okay. Um, and so we, we did that. Flew a little tiny owl at first called uh, Frodo, who was a very cute little owl. That is... Inco- that you, a lord of, I, I can barely get my words out. A Lord of the Rings-themed owl when Harry Potter is that owl thing. There were no owls named after Harry Potter characters. They were all like pop culture references because like the third one we uh, flew was called Rafiki. Um, right. uh, and there was like... There was two. Jay Leno. There was two big grey owls, and they were called Anastasia and Christian. Fifty Shades of Grey, right. oh, which I thought God. was I thought that's a bit blue, bit blue for a kids' owl sanctuary. I was when you said it, I thought, oh, Anastasia, yeah, of course, because she was a pop act from you know <laughs> the last decade. But why have they named one after Christian? <laughs> um, and it was it was just really nice. The the second one was um, was was very cute. Uh, and then the third one, so the third one was Rafiki, was the biggest owl that we saw. I'll show you some pictures later. There were, there was a, he was a big old boy, partially blind. And so uh, my wife stepped forward with a little bit of food, tapped her arm, and it flew, whiffed, just completely missed her. And it just sort of flew <laughs> around and sort of flew underneath stupid her arm. Owl. It was a stupid owl. And then just sort of, sort of then just landed <laughs> on the floor. And then was like, oh, now what? Because like, it uh. used to be on a perch. Um and then it, it flew into my face a little bit um, during Brilliant. one of them. Because, like, usually they would just sort of land on your, your forearm mm. by your hand. These were, like, landing on your bicep and then kind of walking down. But, yeah, it was a, a quite a blind owl. Uh, after, like, at one point, we, like, because my wife was carrying him, like, on her arm. We were just sort of walking along. And our guy who was the owl owner, the owl master, he was walking ahead of us. And for whatever reason, Rafiki just decided to fly at him. Yeah. And so he was like, <laughs> and he basically was like, well, there would have been nothing I could have done because it's coming out with its claws out. Mm. I've got nothing to grab hold of it with. I just put my leg out with the hope that maybe it will land on my leg and do as little damage as possible. Blimey, he's at the owl's mercy. He was. That's no, he's not an owl master. <laughs> he he's was, an owl mistress. He just said, he goes, I'd have had to accept my fate in that situation. So in mm. the end, we, was, we walked in a line 
um, like uh, perpendicular to each other, so that the owl would not fly at any of us should it decide to take off again. Wow. It was cool though. It was, a, and I'm glad that my my wife kind of convinced me—not convinced me, but she paid for me to do it as well. So that was really cool. Because you hate all animals. I do hate all animals. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, and then we drove back and stopped off at her uh, grandparents' house because they live in Kafili, and stopped there for a cup of tea. They didn't know we were coming, so that was a nice little surprise moment for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jumped. We had a quite a packed Saturday. They went to a naming ceremony for her cousin's babe, uh, little baby. Then that is back- a secular baptism for everyone going. Yep. What? And then we uh, went back to our parents' house, and I was just, I was pooped. Long weekend. Lo- I did 10 hours worth of driving. I was That's a lot. I was pooped, my friend. I yeah. was very tired. Physically exhausting, but also mentally exhausting. Long drives like that. Yeah, it was. Ouch. Well... That's all we've got for our rock. We're going to have no stories tomorrow for the <laughs> Smackdown podcast. No. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have saved some of these. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, I'm playing D&D tonight, so well, maybe. Oh, I'm going to Arsenal Football Club. What? What? What, tonight? I'm oh, yeah, you're going to a comedy night, aren't you? I'm going to a staff comedy night. I thought for a second then you were going to watch a football match. <laughs> Don't be silly. Uh, football's for nerds. <laughs> Wrestling, there's a real sport. D&D, that's for yeah. real men. No, my sister works at Arsenal, and we're going to see at Free Nibbles. Well, it was £10 a Never ticket, heard of him. But we're, <laughs> but we're making the money back in the in the complimentary booze that you get for that ticket. Nice. And, uh, yeah, Rob Beckett is oh, going to be cool. there. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, who I've always said looks like he's in the wrong aspect ratio. <laughs> But I'm sure it'll be very funny in real life. And I just thought I do have something to talk about because I went to go see Ready Player One oh, yesterday. You didn't. I nearly said the S word. <laughs> you never told me that. Well, no, it's because we've not been in the same oh, room well, again today because there's uh, other people using the studio. So we can talk about that on tomorrow's show as well. Let's save that for tomorrow, yes. And we'll see you for the Go Home WrestleMania SmackDown episode then. But based on the conversation we've just had, you won't care about that at all. You'll just want to hear about my thoughts on Ready Player One and Ollie's trip to see some funny people. We'll see you then. Love you, bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 